This is Salt and Spine. See, people think that cookies are so easy, and actually they are, but compared to a cake where you mix one batter and put it in the pan and that's it, cookies all have to be done one by one except for bar cookies. Hi there, I'm Brian Hogan-Stewart, and you're listening to Salt and Spine, Stories Behind Cookbooks. You're tuning in for a special episode. It's the 2022 Baking Month. All of December, we're celebrating some of the year's best baking books with a handful of author interviews, dozens of featured recipes, excerpts, and more. Make sure you're subscribed to our Substack to get it all. All right, folks, she's back. Baking book extraordinaire Rose Levy Berenbaum and her collaborator, and as of recently, husband Woody Woolston, return to Salt and Spine in today's chat. Now, Rose needs almost no introduction, but here's what you need to know. She published the groundbreaking Cake Bible in 1988, which changed the way many home and professional bakers approach the craft. In particular, Rose really led the charge to include the more accurate weight instead of just volume measurements in her recipes. Now, the Cake Bible is now in its 60th printing, and a dozen other cookbooks followed from Rose, from the Baking Bible to the Bread Bible, and other non-Bibles too on ice cream and cakes and Christmas cookies. After joining us a couple years ago for her book, Rose's Baking Basics, Rose and Woody are back with their latest, The Cookie Bible. It's the big tome on cookies, and today's show is all about cookies and all things baking with the legend herself, Rose. Now, Rose and Woody joined us at our studio in San Francisco's The Civic Kitchen to talk cookbooks. Hi, Rose. Hi, Woody. Welcome back to Salt and Spine. Hi, Brian. So Hi, Brian. happy to be here. Yes. Happy to have you back. And before we jump into all the things to talk about, I understand first that congratulations are in order, right? Because oh. you relatively recently have gone from book collaborators to, if I can borrow your phrase, partners in cram. I got that from Publishers Weekly. Oh, did you? That's how they described us. I never would have been clever enough to think that one up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. Um, So congratulations. Um, And and can we hear a little bit about that? Because you've been collaborators for some time and... um, and now are our newlyweds. Yes. Yeah. As of June As of 21, June. 21. Okay. Okay. So the a longest day we could all remember. Yeah, I love okay. that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, we do have a long story of how we first met yeah. when I went to Minneapolis, when Woody was had written to me, mm-hmm. and the morning I was about to depart for the General Mills cookie contest, I had to do a bunch of VNRs. He said, if you ever come to Minnesota... And I thought, okay, I have to be full disclosure. I'm coming today, you know, so that's how we met. Woody can fill in parts that he wants to, but basically what happened was we worked together first long distance. We hadn't spoken for a whole year working on things just visually. And then we had one conversation E-mail-y. that <laughs> yeah, was so right, long, I decided right. we should stick to the <laughs> working on, you know, just on the computer. And then he came and started working with me for a week just to see how we'd work together. Yeah. And eventually he moved and my late husband of 43 years became ill and he was helping to take care of him. And shortly before he died, he said to Woody and me separately that Woody should come and take care of me, uh-huh. which was really wonderful thing for him to have and, done. And take care of the house too. Yeah. And take care of everything. Sure. You know, so, sure. Um, so I think it was a year and a half after he died, that we actually got married. Mm, yeah. It was during COVID, and uh-huh. there was that little space of time when one felt safe. Yeah, yes, the illusion yes, of safety. Uh, exactly. I remember that mm. summer. Mm. <laughs> there was that brief, fleeting window. <laughs> yeah. Really, and we had only ten people at the wedding. Okay. And 
there we are. You know, yeah. so still, whenever time I say my husband, I think, wow. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, before that, he was my Woody. <laughs> Especially when a cousin of mine had her eyes on him. I said, nope, he's my Woody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always guess I knew. Yes. And your ring is modeled after, I read this. My Honda keychain. Your Honda keychain. I've been married twice before, and neither husband believed in marriage, you know, legal marriage. And certainly neither one would wear a ring. And here's this one. We're not married yet. And he said... Who was not thinking of getting married. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. He said, could I have a wedding ring? And I, I spotted my Honda keychain that was just sitting on the windowsill. And I said, here, take this. And it was a perfect fit. I'm proposing to oh, you, wow. you said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proposing to you. Well, you gave me the key ring. That's yeah. right. That's uh -huh. right. It's kind of that. Yeah. Well, you worked that out. Saying and this is the key ring, ring or this is model? No, no we had one designed after the That's key ring. Model. Yes, but a perfect well, fit. But we yeah. still have the key ring. <laughs> of course. Out of yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a perfect <laughs> still fit. The car. We knew this was destined to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Um, we're here to talk about your 13th book. Is that right? Number, lucky yep. number 13, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the Cookie Bible. Um, so let's start just with the big question first. Why cookies? Why, why a a Bible on mm. cookies. That's a good question. Yeah. And actually, 13 turned out to be as unlucky as people normally say, because it was one of those many books and containers that got stuck in the Pacific Ocean. Was it? So it was a whole year Delayed. that people had to wait, and we had to wait to share it. But yes. why cookies? I did a cookie book called Rose's Christmas Cookies, mm -hmm. and people had the illusion that you could only make them at holiday time or only for Christmas, even though there's a whole variety. So over the years... I always thought I'd like to put together a book that had my favorite cookies and also go back to the original and make them the best they could be. Yeah. And new techniques happened. And one morning somebody, well, actually I woke up thinking maybe there should be a cookie Bible because somebody put on the blog, couldn't you write a cookie Bible? And I thought that even sounds silly, but not as huh. silly as the bagel Bible. Uh, you know, the people, <laughs> yeah. once the cake you Bible came ass. out, everybody thought that's the key to success. Call it a Bible. People will buy it. Sure. <laughs> sure. And we've seen that too. Yeah. Yeah. This is now, well, this is Bible five, four. but Bible four, well, you have the baking Bible, which I think is separate, but four single subject Bibles. Yeah. And that's why we that did right? it, because it closes out it's the four genres of baking and desserts. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and so Cake Bible was obviously first and a beloved classic, of course, but it was not at that time. You did not have this idea of a quartet. No. no. There was no, no. <laughs> I'm going to do a cake Bible. I'm going to do a, uh, um, a cookie Bible. I'm going to do... It was a pastry Bible, pastry a bread Bible. Bible. But yes, the reason is Bible. that yeah. even the publisher was taken with that name. In uh -huh. fact, I didn't want to call it cake bible but it was bert green who's a great food personality and he called me one day and he said you should do rose's baking bible and i said well you know i had that idea and threw it out immediately and he said i said well, no i said to him why don't you call your book bert's baking bible and he said i've been wanting to but i've been living with a minister's son for 18 years who won't let me okay i thought okay he's giving me the curse so when i mentioned <laughs> it to maria and she said don't throw out the Bible. It's a very powerful title. And I said, yeah, but there can't be a single mistake and it'll be crucified. Uh, you know? uh -huh. And then I did some research and I found that there were no cookbook Bibles, but there was a gun Bible. And that's mm. what persuaded me because I thought if somebody can use the word Bible for a violent subject, yeah. why can I use it for a gentle one like cake? Yeah, uh, I love that. <laughs> well, 
you, if folks remember from our previous show, we talked about your, your childhood and that you were not baking often as a child and your mother was a dentist and sweets were not very you know, prevalent in your house. Can you talk about how you got into cookies? You write a bit in the cookie Bible about your first experience baking cookies on your own. I think it was oatmeal cookies, right? In it was the, an oatmeal in the, cookie. An oatmeal cookie. Because it spread and, and, uh, okay. and congealed. <laughs> uh, sure. So it, it didn't go so well. No. Your first I stopped attempt. wanting to bake cookies at all at that point because uh, I thought... Uh, this is not for me. And in fact, my mother, who didn't eat sweets, whenever she'd come to visit, she would say, don't you have just one cookie? Uh-huh. She she really loved them. Yeah. So I guess that planted an idea in my mind. But also, I thought this time had come to start putting together all my favorite ones and organize them in a way that made sense, you know, so that people could choose the type of cookie they wanted. Because there's so many different varieties of cookies. There are cake cookies, bar cookies, meringue cookies, and drop cookies shaped, you know, so this has it all. Yeah. Woody, how about you, your experience with cookie baking? Is that something you, have you baked cookies your whole life? Actually, I haven't. No. I didn't do any cooking baking until really I came with rolls. Okay, yeah. Uh, Only experience really is... uh, my mom made chocolate chip cookies. Sure. And my former wife did too. Within always, they cooled them off by putting them all on newspapers. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Was their way of cooling them after they came out. But uh, I never made one yeah. until I came out here. Wow. I mean, closest thing would be a, uh, you know, one of the bar cookies, like okay. a, like a brownie, oh, brownies, yeah. a brownie cookie. But that's it. Sure. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> See, people think that cookies are so easy, and actually they are, but yeah. compared to a cake where you mix one batter and put it in the pan and that's it, cookies all have to be done one by one except for bar cookies. Yeah. yeah. But that's the only thing that's really, I wouldn't call it difficult, but more labor intensive. But the good part is you can involve your kids because they yeah. love to help, and there's a lot of cookie production parts that are de- ideal for little hands. Yes, and I, I love that you write about that in, in the Cookie Bible, too, that baking in general, not just cookies, but is this, you say, all-encompassing lesson for children, because it teaches mm. so many things. It teaches art, sensory perception, math, science, I mean, yeah, you name patience it. Patience, too. Patience, of course. I remember one yeah. little boy. It was <laughs> it's my a big friend's, one. <laughs> my friend's son, when the second or third time I came to teach the little boy how to bake cookies, and I said, you, and he's brilliant, by uh-huh. the way. And he always was, of course, you don't end up brilliant. And he said, when I told him to count to 30, and he said, if I count faster, does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I said, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of that myself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you talk about home bakers and that cookies can seem, you know, challenging or, or different than, you know, challenging or easy depending on who you might ask but i'm curious if there are mistakes or things that home bakers tend to do when it comes to approaching cookies that you have learned over you know cookie baking and developing all of these recipes what are the things that that people mess up when the first thing that comes to mind is measuring the flour instead of weighing sure, because of flour is the most important ingredient when you're using flour in a cookie yeah. in a meringue there's no flour so I, we put weights as first because that's the ideal way but we also give how we measure the flour for those who still measure and if you don't mention that you could end up getting as much as one and three quarter times the amount that was intended yeah what we do is we say spoon it lightly into the cup and level it off and not a cup with a beaker you know with a with a spout yeah right um, you want to have a solid measuring rim. And if you were to dip and sweep it, that's where you get into trouble because it gets compacted. Mm-hmm. Or if you dump it in, you know, you, 
So flour is the number one. Yeah, and on, on flour too, especially with all-purpose, we make a point of saying what type, whether mm -hmm. it's bleached mm -hmm. or unbleached. And that's one kind of pet peeve we have because uh, i just looking over one of the books over here and on pie dough, and uh -huh. they say all-purpose flour. Well, that's fine. Uh, what kind? Uh -huh. And I looked in no ingredients, so it's like, I guess it could be either one. But in cookies, that will affect the baking quite a bit. Yeah, well, unbleached flour has a slightly higher protein content, so it ties up whatever liquid is in there, sure. and then it won't puff, and it browns faster, which is sometimes something you want to have happen. Sure, yeah. Mm. So how you're measuring, how you're weighing or measuring flour, one thing people mess up. Any, anything else or, or other tips or tricks for people who say, I want to master cookies? One of the nice things to know is that you can turn cookies around partway through baking ah. if they're not meringues. I keep saying okay. not meringues, not <laughs> yeah, meringues. Yeah. But That's always the exception. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. with cakes, it, it could be a disaster if you do that. Sure. Uh, another one which is a little bit in cookies but not so much is eggs, especially using egg yolks because since about the uh, 2005 or somewhere around there, the, the industry has decided, uh, mainly in the commercial industry, to use uh, younger chickens. Yeah. So an egg yolk has technically shrunken down. And when we were talking to the CIA and asked them, you know, you got a hundred students up there, right? Are they getting smaller? And we got a few nods. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the egg yolk now can be twenty five percent less. Yeah. Well, you better measure them. So uh, we do state that generally, if it's over two or three yolks, we'll say if you need an extra yolk or two. And but if you again, if you weigh it out, then there's no problem. Yeah. And but, if you use if you have less yolk, conversely, you're going to have more white. Sure. And I yeah. think one of the most important things I've contributed to baking is the amount of cream of tartar to add per egg white, which means that when you're making a meringue, you'll never overbeat, even if you whisk, if you continue beating for 20 minutes, yeah. which is a miracle. Yeah. Most recipes always said, beat until stiff but not dry. And if you dried out, they call dry, it starts breaking down, so you lose all the volume. Sure. So sure. that's why it's become more critical. Yeah. But I have to say, sometimes when people look at our books, especially with ice cream and in this cookie book with lemon curd, which is a wonderful, I mean, everybody loves it. Yeah. But the problem is that if you don't have enough egg yolk, it won't be thick enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Another variable, actually, kind of another one, which is basically number one, is your oven. Sure. And yeah. how to bake in it. Because we just got a question on the website just about three days ago saying, well, I put my cookies in there, and they always get dark on the back side. And or she said, definitely, when I take the thing out of the oven, the the temperature drops thirty degrees. Well, you should know your oven and how to take mm -hmm. care of it. So yeah, every oven yeah. is different. Yeah. And so we're recommending the one thing we recommend, you know, put a couple of baking stones in there or baking steels to try to keep the temperature set and uh -huh. and test to see if you actually need to rotate them because you may not. Right. Uh, or mm -hmm. bake with fewer cookies on and kind of have everything in the middle. And you might do two or three extra baking cycles, but at least be, everything will be even. So we haven't heard back yet, but we hope to. <laughs> yes, yeah. A couple of people also getting back to egg yolks who said, couldn't you make up your mind whether it's six or nine? Well, I wish the hens would make up their minds. Right. You know? <laughs> we're, we're giving that range because that's how many you may need more than what's specified. Right, right, yeah. But, uh, but on that note, too, uh, a lot of times, uh, like we break down the street, where we are in dark New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New Jersey borders, a lot of farms and a lot of, you know, eggs for sale, eggs for sale. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the people having home, you know, homegrown or farm-grown eggs, a lot of times they're more uniform as far as being larger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
A lot of people your buy farmers. jumbo eggs and they think it will help, and the jumbo yolk is still smaller. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's crazy making. Yeah. And yeah. these are so few ingredients in baking, especially cookies, that if you get them wrong, you're going to have different results. Yeah. But really the nice thing about cookies is many of them, you can pinch off a piece of dough before you commit to the final, and bake, I mean, and see if maybe it's spreading too much, add a little more flour, or if it's not sweet enough need in some more sugar and it won't be tough the way it would be with a pie crust uh yeah, yeah. it's like the meatball trick a test a test one hot yeah. right yeah. yeah which makes it fun for kids you can say we're gonna bake this one cookie sure. how's it taste guinevere sure. yeah <laughs> yes guinevere <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> who's guinevere <laughs> i don't know a single one of yours king arthur's wife <laughs> okay get your point <laughs> you, well we're we're imagining there's a guinevere today so the cookie Bible, the the fifth Bible. How do you tackle something? We talked about, you know, the cake mm-hmm. Bible and the name, and there's a gun Bible out there somewhere, which I've, I've never <laughs> I seen don't know if it's and, and don't need to. Oh, these days uh, it probably is. Probably. <laughs> um, but how do you tackle when you think of so, such a lofty title and, and books that are so comprehensive, like the bread Bible and the cookie Bible? How do you tackle that? How do you set out to do, like, the walk us through the process? The first time I was asked that, yeah. I said it's not an encyclopedia. You know, uh-huh. The definition yes. of a Bible sure. is not being totally comprehensive sure it's just putting in the things that you think are important mm-hmm. and to cover all the categories of them mm-hmm. so how to walk us through the process a bit you you know you, in this book for instance you have drop cookies you have rolled cookies you have um sliced cookies like how do you mm-hmm. approach creating this book i guess i sort of like to think i'm logical so mm-hmm. i thought i would put together not say all chocolate ones or all lemon ones but instead all types of ones yeah so people would some people prefer cookies that don't need a lot of work they don't have to be rolled out and cut they don't have to be shaped they just well this is another really important tip is that when you do dispose that's not the word dispense cookies on a baking sheet yes it's really helpful to have them all the same size because otherwise the little ones the smaller ones will bake first and the other ones won't be fully baked or vice versa yeah you know so you don't want to overbake the little ones and i don't really love cookie scoops because they leave too much in them you can't get all of them so i prefer to give the size or like a walnut size even eyeball and of course we wage one because we're fanatics Uh you know it's easy and faster we even weigh our meatballs yeah Uh (laughs) sure well amanda has she rolls yeah Yeah, he picks out and i roll it's a real team production yeah yeah, i love it amanda hesser once called you the most meticulous cook to ever live and i think that's why right because even i I saw that tip about you know cookie scoops and that they do leave some dough in the scoop which like a teaspoon or tablespoon would not or weighing of course will be the most accurate but that that level of meticulous thinking really is imbued in all of your your books. It was not an yeah. insult, by the way. I mean, no. when Maria Guarnaschelli said <laughs> I hope not, the yeah. cake Bible is too text heavy to have a four color book, she meant that as a sign of approval. But this yes. is why I love you so much, Brian, because when you interview us about a book, you know that book. You oh, really you. go yeah. through it. You know that's a rare thing to yeah. the level yeah. that you do. Yeah, I don't have to tell you anything. You know. <laughs> well, I like to hear it all from you too, but, but we do get you, the yeah. comment. Well, I can always expand on <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes. We we, all, we do get the comment that we are kind of like going the opposite direction, which most people want to go these days because with TikTok and right. Instagram and like you see these things, you see the video, or whatever that, and recipes are getting a lot of other people's books shorter because mm-hmm. they just think, well, you know, it's going to work. 
Yeah. But maybe, and then you get it, maybe just comes out average, where we kind of go the opposite, where we go at lengths to put everything in, uh, including we put the total weight of, let's say in the book here, we put the total weight of the dough so that if you're measuring out and we say 770 and we do fudged low. You know, we take uh-huh. some stuff that can be left behind, uh-huh. and you come up with uh, you know seven hundred, not seven seventy. Well, you may have forgotten something. Right. So we we give parameters to help you out. A lot of people say reading a rose recipe is like she's in the kitchen hand holding you. It has reliability. Yeah. all the way through you. the recipe. Sure. You know, can you, you know, in many cases, a uh, two two parameters of, is something done. Is it here's the baking time until it browns slightly on the edge sure so because we want you to be able to do what we do without thinking i gotta somehow contact the author and figure out what's going wrong or this book's ridiculous i'm not gonna use it anymore yeah i have a very funny story about that actually it goes back to cake bible days when i wanted to choose font and design so i was looking at other people's books and somebody wrote to me in a letter sending me a picture of from a page of somebody else's book saying it didn't work can you tell me why and i wrote back saying ask martha (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because I could identify the design of her book. Yeah, yeah. I, forgive me, Martha, because she's been so wonderful to me. But sure. you know, not everything works in ours either. So you know, but this is the thing: people sometimes in the beginning thought too much information, and then they found that they needed it. Yeah, the trick is designing a book in such a way that it doesn't interrupt the flow, and you can look at it only when you need to. And we were lucky because the designer of this book went to the same high school I did, oh. music and art. She was an art major. I was a music major. (laughs) She was two decades after me. But I always put hearts in instead of bullet points because I think baking is love and cookie is really love. And she left them in. What's more, she put hearts in the end pages. Plus, she did the most beautiful painting, oil painting of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I bought it from her. So you become really good friends. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) And with this book, too, we decided to do the same format we've done for the last three books. Well, this being the third book, doing it. Yeah. And that's to give it uh, first a mise en place. Mm-hmm. You know, get, your, right. get your ingredients out there. Make sure they're all there. So right. you can hopefully get them all into the bowl. <laughs> and then on top of that, using uh, uh, numerical uh, bullet points. Uh, you know, number one, two, three. We stepped it out with headers, too, to say this make the dough. So you, you walk you through it and make sure you get everything done. Yeah, of course. And I like your point, too, that it doesn't disrupt the flow. Because even, mm-hmm. even though you include weights, you know, grams, ounces, and um, cups or, or teaspoons, tablespoons, it's laid out in a table format. I think so often we see ingredient lists where it's a parenthetical and it's hard to sort of mm-hmm. comprehend sometimes if you want to follow weight versus um, measuring. Mm-hmm. And so the, mm-hmm. I think that's a great example of how the information color. is there, mm-hmm. yeah, without actually disrupting the flow in any way of the, of the I baker. I have to credit Marie Gornichelli, my that, late editor yeah. in the Cake Bible, because there were no weights in cookbooks then. Right, right. And of course, with each book, we got it more. I got it more toward what I wanted. Finally, sure. we were able to leave out ounces completely. And ounces are so confusing to people because there's fluid ounce and there's weight ounce, and they don't right. correlate. That's right. Yes. So it yes. streamlines things. Yes. We we didn't talk about butter, but we should probably talk about butter. <laughs> um, and I, I I love this little anecdote that that. Um, Early on, Rose, you once said you'd rather eat one perfect cookie made with butter than, what is it, a whole bunch made with shortening? That sold thousands of books because the Dairy Council made me spokesperson for two years. I just love that. They didn't that. have they to give me a slogan. They took it based on what I had written because I really mean it. Yeah. Yeah. And you wrote that was in a book that you wrote that? 
Yes, and yeah. the, the Christ- Rose's Christmas Cookies. In the Christmas Cookie Book. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. So obviously there's a shortening in the cookie Bible. No, in fact, somebody once gave me a wonderful recipe for molasses cookie, and the critical part was using shortening or it wouldn't have the right texture. And I managed to turn butter into shortening by getting rid of the water. And it's okay. identical. Plus, sure. you have the flavor. There's absolutely no flavor in shortening. So, what is the point? Yeah. Whereas flour, I mean, butter, not only it does it add its own flavor, it enhances other flavors, too. And it melts at close to body temperature. So, you have the full hit. My mouth's watering just remembering how right. much I love butter. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh, yeah, but there's butter and there's butter. You know, we don't use salt butter because yes. most salt butters have too much salt. We add the amount we want. And also... High-fat butter, which is more expensive, doesn't mean it's going to make a better cookie. Uh-huh. It makes it maybe easier to make a lemon curd or muslin buttercream, that all part of cookies. Sure. But as far as using it for pie crust or a cookie dough, it's going to change because it doesn't have as much water. Right, right, yeah, but doesn't affect the taste. So it's no. not going to affect the recipe. I, I love cultured butter, yeah. harder to find. Yeah, yeah. Now, favorite cookies? Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you I used to say they're all my favorites. But Woody's no. ready to go. It's already open. <laughs> Full disclosure. We, my husband, Woody and I both have the same favorite. Do you? Okay. Yeah, Which it's, is? It's a cookie, a truffle baked into a cookie. Yes. I love that. And what makes it really Page special. Page 149. You can use any ganache to make your truffle. But a few months ago, we were making a cake to bring to my cousin upstate. And my favorite ganache is the wicked good ganache, I call it, because uh-huh. it has just a touch of cayenne pepper, but not so you can taste anything different. It just it kind of unfolds the way a fine Bordeaux would, where, sure. or Pinot, you know, that after you drink it, it just keeps happening. You keep tasting the chocolate. Yeah. So I had just enough left to make a full batch of these cookies, and the dough that's used is... It uses sugar in the raw, turbinado sugar. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's coarse and it doesn't totally dissolve, which is purposeful because it gives it a crunch. So you have the crunch of the cookie and the ganache center, not a flow as it shows in the book because that's just when it's baked, but it stays melted. Yeah. And this is a concept that was from a wonderful chocolatier, Zach Townsend. And he actually took the concept from my lava cake. When I couldn't figure out how not to overbake a lava cake, I put a truffle in the middle because uh-huh. you can never overbake a ganache. Yeah. You know? So this was how a great. totally brilliant transfer to the cookie. Oh, I need to, I need to bake those soon. Definitely. Those, those well, just start course, involving yes. your kids. Oh, I will. She, mm. My oldest loves, loves to bake and loves to cook. Mm. Yes. Plus, he's our best proof editor yes three books now because he understands i mean he's not going to change something that somebody who doesn't bake or no chocolate might change thinking well that's not correct the only trouble is sometimes sometimes we round off the grams if it's like point one Mm -hmm. and he catches it (laughs) he does takes issue with it (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's a good proofreader then chocolateers Mm -hmm. are even more fanatic than regular bakers when i studied at le notre in france at plaisir and they said that they're the sense of the military uh, of the pastry world of yeah. the baking world sure mm-hmm. yeah so i guess i'm not a chocolatier but i feel that way about everything i do <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah so we'll say that one um yeah. technically our we'll call it our traveling cookie okay is the pepper cockers okay uh, which is a spice cookie yeah with, and kind of like the <clears throat> wicked ganache has a little bit of pepper in there which gives a little bit of an accent a little bit of spice hit, and that came from actually from my uh, I do Taiji, okay, and mm-hmm. it's actually my 
uh, Paul was, I have to call him Sifu Paul, that's, which Sifu stands for master, not uh -huh. seafoods. Right. <laughs> yes. And this is one of those uh, recipes where this is mom's recipe that he okay. gave me. It came on a little note card uh -huh. with the ingredients on one side, and on the back side, you flip it over, and it's got you know, five or six steps. And, yeah. And we made them, and uh, well, I, made, I made them, had our Tai Chi group try them out, and they gave the yeah. thumbs up, especially him. Yeah. And his mom gave it up, gave a thumbs up. Then he said, three pages? <laughs> we <laughs> we wrote, wrote the recipe right. out for him. <laughs> right. Oh, those are good steps you added yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, spell it all out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but his so. daughter found some in a drawer that had been there, she thinks, three years, and it was still good. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, well, yeah. so it yeah. could be fairly dry, so they weren't mushy. But you can sure. always rebake. You can always put cookies back in to crisp. But also, it's because of all those spices that acted as a preservative. Okay, yeah. And right. it rides right. the cusp Makes with sense. sweet and savory, yeah. because if you spread it with goat cheese or oh, cheese. Oh, sure. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. They're a lot of people's Sounds favorite. Incredible. And they're kind of a fun cooking because they're, they're about half dollar size, but they're only yeah. like an eighth of an inch thick, so you can mm. crank out just... It's so easy to eat. They crank out like about a hundred of them within a couple hours. Oh, so, yeah. So it's nice because we'll take them when we go to on tour we'll take them and put a bunch in the box and yeah here try Traveling some cookie. try some yeah of course yeah, it's another favorite yeah. and it has always been my favorite the lemon butter bars okay but now i've added cranberry to it uh, and i'll never make it any other way oh yeah dried cranberries that get moistened and there's a layer of those and oh, the tart and the, well lemon and cranberry is marriage made in heaven yes of course yeah you um, said you can rebake a cookie. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, this is the nice thing is that if you do take out a cookie, you want it to be soft, sure. but it's too soft, you can put it back in. And you can't do that with anything else. Well, yeah. maybe a pie crust, okay. a blind bake, yeah. but sure. Yeah, that's one of the great advantages of cookies. Yeah, right. Uh, another cookie would be Vinny uh, Scottles. Vinny gave me this recipe years ago, and he died really young. He was a New York chef. Okay. Really brilliant. And. It was something I had at his restaurant, and I never thought I'd actually get the recipe. And sometimes when chefs say they'll send it, they get busy, sure. and they never do. It came two days later. Wow. So I put it aside, and I couldn't find it again. I, I've got papers and papers, but I, went, I never did find it. But what happened was Vinny died, and both his parents died the same year, and his sister, who ran the restaurant, disappeared. And one day, I think it was seven years later, I got an, a request to be linked in to a... I remember, I can't think of her first, oh, Donna Scotto. Okay. And I thought, Donna was her name, Scotto was his name. So I said, yes, of course I'll link in with you, but I'm trying to find this recipe. I even called the dishwasher because everybody said he had the recipe. Okay. And she said, I have every one of Vinny's recipes on disc. I'll send it to you in three weeks. And three weeks went by and it came oh. and it was exactly as I remembered it. And I could not have figured it out myself because I didn't know that you could make a meringue with brown sugar. And okay. whereas it won't be as stiff peaks, it works into a perfect crisp cookie, and it has pecans in it, and it's sandwiched with with ice cream if you want to have it uh, sure. with ice cream or just by itself. So yeah, that's that is a special history. Oh, that's a really special one. I love that. You talk about turning a truffle into a cookie. You also turn a scone into a cookie. No, in the sconette. The, the first instrument I ever had sconets. as a kid was a tonette. <laughs> okay. It's like. <laughs> a very primitive version of a recorder. Uh -huh. It's plastic. You know, so yeah. I think that's how the name came to it. I sure. love naming things. Like Annie Baker's cookies. Annie Baker yes, Napa. Yes, Napa, yeah. When I, mm -hmm. I did not try to say, or I never would have said, this is her cookie, because nobody's ever achieved exactly her cookie. Yeah. But I said it was <laughs> yeah, She pointed that out. <laughs> yeah. And you've tried, I imagine? 
Well, it's in the book. That that's your version, yes. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. The I lemon, yes. Luppies. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And somebody and, wrote and hers, Why would you name such a wonderful cookie such an <laughs> ugly name? I said, But Luppies sweet. You know, that is, old yeah. cookies Lemon have to Luppie, look perfect. That's right? the joy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's approachable. And hers and, and then this recipe is is unique because it's it's dough like inside. It's like a cookie dough yes. inside, but mm-hmm. but crisp. And I made on my own lemon zest. Yeah. But she told us when we saw her the other day and gave us a whole batch of cookies that um, she's actually using perfect puree of Napa zest, okay. which is a really great thing, and I, I use it too, because you don't have to zest maybe 20 lemons when you don't need the juice right. just to have the zest. And, and it's, it's preserved in sugar, so you just decrease the sugar in whatever you're using. Sure. And it's scoopable frozen because of all the sugar. Sure. Love that. We talked a little bit before we, we started recording about the pandemic and that you, you, Rose, said you were busier than ever because people really turned, a lot of people turned to baking. Of course, people turned to bread baking. We, mm-hmm. That was sort of the, all the headlines, right? Everybody's into it's sourdough now, but, but you, you saw the effects of that. It's the effect on me personally was I yeah. couldn't get any flour. Oh, <laughs> I had well, to sure. buy a 50 pound, <laughs> yes. pound bag. Yeah, that was an issue. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. But also, Woody and I were answering myriad questions yeah. because people who've never baked before are afraid of bread. But that mm-hmm. was the only way they could get bread. And bread is indeed the staff of life. So there we were. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly the baking Bible, it always sold, but suddenly it just zoomed beyond yeah. all the other books. Yeah. And you, you know, we, we talked, we were mentioned TikTok, you're not, you know, you're not putting out 10 TikTok mm-hmm. videos a day, like some, some food people are, but you're on social media and, and I, a lot day. of people mm-hmm. turn to social media too, during the pandemic to showcase their baking, to ask, you know, people like you for advice and tips. How have you seen social media influence the baking community in these past few years? It's an easy way for people to get in touch. Yeah. As if the person like me get, answers them, you know. <laughs> sure. And luckily, we have a very targeted audience of people who really want to understand and achieve. Well, nothing's perfect, but you know, as yeah. good as they can. So we're able to keep up when we're home. That is now. Yes. Even now, we're answering people. Woody answers every question on the blog. He used to have to yeah. ask me. Now he hardly ever asks me. Yeah. Because he knows my work. I mean, after twenty years, right. We know what we're doing. Right. Or he knows what I'm doing. Right. Perfect partner in crime <laughs> and cookies. Yes. And, and we do do say that. If you have a question, we have an ask a question uh, actual homepage on it. So if it's not a category where you uh, want to go ask a question on a cookie, whatever, soft posting. You just want to ask a general question, you can ask it there, mm-hmm. and we try to answer within 48 hours, uh, unless we're out here. <laughs> when, yeah. And actually, we have been answering out here, but I can't go in and... Yes. You won't see my Not name. Like, you won't see sure. my name yeah, like yeah. that. But the yeah. problem is that people have turned to TikTok and, Reel and yeah. Reels and uh, right. Facebook and Instagram, so we have far fewer people on the blog now yeah. but we do do some tiktok and reels see i think there's a place for tiktok it's not for yeah. a recipe it's for a tip for tips and right. i've long said that there are enough recipes in this world that's until i started doing the <laughs> cookie book but there are not enough tips the yeah. things that will make all recipes succeed yeah so i love that i do love tiktok and reels for those tips you mm. see one that just blows your mind and you're like wow i was very um, distressed when i did a reel when he was taping me and it was one minute over 
one second over and they took that one last second off. It's like pretty rigid. As yeah. Far as, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a good disciplinary thing. Sure. You have to sure. talk fast. Yeah, Once do. I was here in the Bay Area, my brother who lives here called me in between interviews with, with Gene Burns. And, and he said, you're not in New York anymore. Slow down. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but, but okay. back to the website, I can ask, make Sorry? a point here. One thing we do do is that books are going to get errors in them. I mean, unfortunately, I'm back to... We admit this one has two, and I just corrected your book. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that we, uh, on the website, have a, every book has a posting for corrections. So that, in fact, we've had two questions since we've been here where, uh, on those corrections, where, hey, on your Bread Bible corrections page posting, the, I have a question about, uh, is there something wrong with something that uh-huh. one of the breads are making? So people can go there and find out there are corrections because yeah. it's whether it's author error or some cases publishing error. We had one publisher who on one of the books where we somehow one third of a cup got translated to two thirds cups. Well, that's kind of a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, it was put in automatically now that we're doing it via computer, but apparently they for the fractions they put them in manually. Yeah, that's yeah, where the so, error came. So we huh. we do have these extra guide points to help right. you out to make sure or safeties <laughs> and sometimes we there's some a mistake that we didn't see yeah and then we can hey we put a posting on and say hey by the way this is what's going on and we credit yeah. the poster of course yes of course <laughs> yes you know we've interviewed i think almost 200 cookbook authors on salt and spine now I've, I've been very lucky to talk to that many people and i think probably the cake bible is in the top three books that people cite most frequently when i ask other authors mm. what books you know were impactful to them or most meaningful to them in the course of their career it's now in its 60th printing am i yeah. getting that right? You got that right 60th printing um what do you why do you think it has resonated for so long and with so many people and become such an icon like a, like your other work has too but really that kind of is the one that people name as as the thing that really influenced them the editor maria them. actually mm-hmm. said it was word, word of mouth is going to sell this book because mm-hmm. there was no mistake yeah and so people were able to achieve success and then she had the courage to put a chart in the book, which many people might have thought would be off-putting and thinking of it as a textbook. The CIA on the East Coast uses it as a textbook. Yeah. And the best story, though, is Erin Jean McDowell, who's been the stylist for our past three books, sure. and hopefully for the future one. And she's become a major force in baking and pies and savory now. Yeah. And sh- the story she tells is that she couldn't afford to get the cake Bible when she went to the culinary. So she would sit on the floor in the library reading it. And when she graduated, it was her present from her parents. Wow. And when she wrote that, it was on a site where they were interviewing people as to how they were influenced. And I didn't know who'd written it, but I thought, wow, that's exactly the the best possible validation. And then I saw it was Aaron. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, of course. You know, so yes. I think people through the years now, this is going to be 30, it's 34 years old now. It's going to the th- 35th, 35th anniversary. Year, yeah. And people seem to have built businesses on it. Yeah. Yeah, business I to, never had. Making cakes. Well, a good example, we were just at yeah. Studio Cake with uh, Beth Ann Goldberg mm-hmm. down in Menlo Park. And she had given us a, an enhancement to basic classic fondant, roll fondant, sure. uh, in, incorporating white chocolate into it. Uh, this is back with the uh, baking Bible, and we gave her full credit, and then we were down there, we are seeing someone else, and we stopped by her shop, and, and she said, I based my whole 
shop on my cakes on your recipes yeah and and part of it because a lot of and we see this all the time with professionals because they're going into the wedding cake business or catering or special events where they need not just a recipe uh for a cake but some way of scaling that out and, sure. we, and rose has what's called the rose factor chart uh-huh. where to make any size of cake and basic recipes where you just you know two three four or seven times for whatever recipe and then they have that also with the cake bible i think is that along with the recipe rose will say these are the complementary adornments you know go to page 266 and you know for buttercream or a ganache oh, or whatever it's also the understanding part and the under uh, Yes. And now that I'm doing the, well, we're doing the revision, it's really helpful to me because I don't remember what my thinking was 40 years ago. Sure. And I don't want to change something where there was a reason and there still is a reason to do it. Yeah. But almost every recipe explains why, which is helpful. But to answer your original question, I was amazed when I went on Wikipedia with my name and I saw the one thing and only thing they wrote was that I invented, quote, uh-huh. the reverse creaming method. Uh-huh. I didn't call it reverse creaming. I think I called it the one ball method. Uh, I can't Two remember. Yeah. Two-stage Two stage method. Stage. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and what's more, I did invent something here, and that was that nobody thought it could be done with butter. In fact, all the textbooks and science books said it cannot be done, and I thought, well, why? And it, apparently what they wrote is that butter will not emulsify, and, which is mixing it evenly yeah. into other ingredients, if it's not between 65 and 75 degrees. Yeah, that was what it, what it was said. And I thought, well, why not do it then with butter that's 65 to 75? But yeah. <laughs> Beth answered that some of her workers, when she said, take it out an hour ahead, the butter was too hard. And she said, how long did you take it out for? And she, they said, 15 minutes. Yeah. So that's why thermometers are very helpful. Or if you know that your room or your kitchen is between those degrees, yeah. you know it's going to work. If right. it doesn't, it's going to be coarse. The cake will sink. Right. And especially with cakes, the texture affects the flavor. So if the texture is off, the flavor is off too. Of course, yeah. So I think when people saw that, that really changed the way in which cakes had been mixed, that to make it easier, faster, and better, they could convert almost all of their cakes yeah. to it. Yeah. On top of that, the fact that grams are given. Because yeah. if you're you know, in production... You, you want to be, don't want to be measuring out something to a bowl and measuring something in another bowl and putting it all in one bowl. When you weigh, you just put it all in one bowl. Sure. I mean, and if you're scaling up 10 times, you know, it's easier to do a 100 to 1,000 grams versus dip and sweep or whatever, yeah. you know, or you know, sifting it into a cup 5, 10, 20 times. It's just put it right. in there. Right. And it's consistent. The yes. funny thing yes. is. The, the key thing, consistency. With Rose's recipes. People have sometimes written, within the cake Bible, I wrote sifted flour. And they say, do you always have to sift the flour? Well, I only meant to get the right volume to uh-huh. sift into the cup. So that's how we're revising things that don't make sense sure, anymore. Sure, sure. Makes sense. I mean, if you're making a sponge cake, you do want to sift because that way it doesn't rest heavily on the batter and you right. get the maximum volume. But for basic butter layer cake, you sure don't need to sift yeah. if, you've, if weigh you've weighed it yeah. or measure mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, before we play our little cookie game, oh, um, you, you alluded <laughs> to what's next, right? You're revising um, the, the cake Bible for, mm-hmm. for its 35th anniversary. And I, I heard, too, you may be working on a memoir. Yeah. Guilty. Can we say that? <laughs> is, that a, is that okay to say? <laughs> Absolutely, because I've already yeah. put some of my best stories on okay. the blog. Okay. <laughs> but I have to do it. It was given to me because, by the universe. Because 
in French, la vie en rose means the sweet life. Yes. But that's Edith Piaf. You know, so I call it ma vie en rose, which means my sweet life. I love it, yes. <laughs> so how could I not write a book? Yes. This is what I do. I name something and then I create it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. Well, we're looking forward to that and to celebrating the Cake Bible Revised. And we'll bring us back again and again. Of course. Well, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> and okay, we can play, we'll schedule now play for more two games. Years from now. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> uh, but we'll play our little cookie game here. So I've got two stacks of cards here. Um, the yellow are flavors. So those are spices. There may be some herbs in there, um, flavoring agents. The blue is our secret ingredient pile. Um, I tried to pull out things that were. <laughs> gonna really be impossible but there may be a few challenging ones in here so um, I thought I'd put each of you to the test and see if you can draw a flavor and a secret ingredient and tell us how they could possibly become a cookie that's fun could and we cookie a it, serious right? bridge player okay can, can we play, shuffle the cards the you can, can shuffle <laughs> yes the only please. thing I can play is war Okay. <laughs> because well, I love because it's sheer <laughs> yeah. luck. I'm not yes. good with numbers. You okay. wonder how I have millions of numbers in all my books. It's, right. It's, but, they're, they're exact because I'm not good. Yeah. I make darn sure to prove yeah, millions yeah. of times. You definitely need <laughs> shuffle because we want him. Otherwise, he probably puts some ingredient that the, we didn't want. Yeah, so he gets that right. side, I get this side. You can pick and choose. You can choose That's whatever fine. you'd like. I'll Flavor just, or secret ingredient. So we just lift one. Yes. And, and tell us oh. what it is. So, of course, this is one of my favorite ones, thank goodness, because I don't like herbs in baked goods. This is cinnamon. This is spice. And yes, that's That's a good nice. one. So how would, how would you have showcased cinnamon in a cookie recipe? I, would, might, I think my favorite way to showcase it is the first cookie I ever made successfully, the almond crescents. And what I did is I mixed the powdered sugar with the cinnamon and dusted it while it was still warm. Oh, oh, and that, that way you maximize nice. it. Yeah. There is such a thing as too much cinnamon. That cinnamon warming and wafting it, through the air. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's very enticing. Yeah. In fact, people make apple pie with cinnamon just to sure. sell their house, right? Sure. Well, you got, yeah, they do. <laughs> well, you got an easy one. Yeah, I did. Let's see what Woody gets with our, our secret The universe is good one. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Secret ingredient. Oh, no. Uh-oh. What, what is it? <laughs> Damn. I wish you could see his face. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Gummy bears. Oh, you got the dreaded gummy bears. <laughs> okay, could, could we cookie it can we make a cookie with a gummy bear i or could gummy bears okay rose can do Whoa. it okay. let's see what Woody legend yeah. has it that green ones are strawberry flavored i would that to say you probably can stick it at the top of a cookie that's been made as some type of little bit of a buttercream on top and stick this on top so that you can actually see the gummy bear okay for those who decide they really want to pick it off See, okay. that's why I married him. You know, I, that's exactly what I would have said. Make it pickable, offable, or else yeah. make one that shape. Oh, design um, one. Right. Yeah. That's oh, a, I really don't I see chopping yeah. incorporating them to a cookie, but we do have the freedom cookie in the book, which, right? Which, uh, you you could, that might be a secret. But I draw the line at gummy like bears. You, you do. Can I tell you guys something about sugar? Because yeah. sugar is such a basic. I mean, what cookie doesn't have sugar? Right. Though? Cookies without flowers, but everything has to have sugar to be sweet. And people say, why do you, you ask for super fine? Because it prevents cracking. And if you're going to mm. d- decorate a cake, like I was thinking, decorating the shape of a gummy bear and piping, yeah. you need a smooth surface. But that's why we give the food processor method for many of the cookies, because you can use sure. refined sugar, any kind of sugar, even brown sugar, and process it first in the food processor before adding the other ingredients. So you can get less expensive sugar. 
yeah, and, and turn make it, it ultra into fine. super fine. Okay. Yeah, super fine. We'll leave could, the, so could we'll we leave process the, the gummy bears? Yeah. Would you want to? Could we try <laughs> <laughs> into some sort of powdered sugar? I have never eaten a gummy bear. Have you? But I imagine have I haven't. But I imagine that if you were going to process it, you need to add nuts to, to kick. Get sure. rid of and maybe some nonstick cooking spray yeah, to keep yeah. it from gumming up everything. Yeah. So we'll probably get well, done with it, and he'll have yeah. a secret stash over there, just just to take care of us. You got the dreaded gummy bear card. Okay. Most people That's just what, want to melt it down. Right, so okay. I I I appreciate okay. that. Well, you, we'll just stick around top of the next they are very unlucky cute. person that just, <laughs> yes, who decides yes. not to shuffle like, like very I cute. stupidly Look, did. They are they are cute. I like bears. I mean, Baronbaum could mean bear <laughs> tree. Bear there tree. you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so but, proud of yeah, you. Yeah, we just saw three bears about a thing. month ago going across the road. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting well, thing is we come up, we have the same point of view, but we have different skills. Yeah. So it's so great because Woody also adds immeasurably. It's an extra dimension. And I once worked for, it was Mary Goodbody who started Cook's Magazine. I yeah. worked for her father years before, Dr. Goodbody. Okay. And he said, marriage is a double-barreled approach to life. Life. And mine being a, a gum, a gum, <laughs> a gum, you got me with the gummy bears. My not being a gun person, right? I didn't get it. I said, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Instead of just seeing with one vision, you see with double um, vision. It's like stereo." Yeah, sure. And it's in this case, it's really ours, but. It's, it's bad when there's a double barrel and one person is arguing with the other. <laughs> yeah, right. And we do. The only time we ever argue is during editing. That's a different. Thing. Yeah, yeah. We can't do that. <laughs> Well, I'm oh, sorry you got the gummy bear card. Um, so we get another one then? You you want to try one more? Oh sure. Try one more. I mean, yeah. And we're going with the, oh, the bottom of the blue deck, which time. is harder too. Bottom? You want me to take from the bottom? Oh. Of your pile? Yeah. The the more oh, challenging oh, one. Oh. Let's see. What did we get? <laughs> the secret ingredient is fish sauce. Fish sauce. Okay. Fish sauce and a cookie. Can we do it? Yeah, you know, in his pepper cocker. <laughs> yeah, right, sure, yeah. Or it, it does have a little bit of a ganache. spice. A ganache. Yeah, like I a love little... fish sauce. Yeah. You'd put it in a ganache. No, but I oh. haven't. But if I put no. cayenne pepper in a ganache, why not fish sauce? Yeah. You know, you just don't know unless you try something. Yeah. Okay. So they, okay. Well, this now was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, Woody, they, you got to do one more? Right. You still going? You can always edit it out. He thought my pile was better than <laughs> yeah. his pile. Let's hear. Cumin. Pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. Back to the peppercockers. Yeah, sure. It's the go-to. You know where it could go is in a chocolate cookie. Oh, chocolate and cumin. Could sure. be interesting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A little spice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was so fun to have you back on Salt As and Spy ever. and Rose and Woody. And um, please give me a call when you write the Gummy Bear and Fish Sauce Bible. You know what, Brian? I discovered I do not have your phone. I'm not leaving without it. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, well, we thank will. you so much. Thank you very much, too. Yes, delight. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find bonus content from today's show and all of our episodes on our Substack, which you can find at saltandspine.substack.com. For just a few dollars a month, you'll get tons of exclusive and bonus content from recipes, cookbook excerpts, essays, and more. Remember, if you like hearing from your favorite authors on Salt and Spine, and I hope you do, please click subscribe wherever you're listening. We also love to see your ratings on iTunes. Our show today was produced by me, Brian 
Hogan Stewart and our producer, Clea Worcester. Our kitchen correspondent is Sarah Varney, and the Salt and Spine original theme song was created by Brunch for Lunch. Salt and Spine is typically recorded at the Civic Kitchen in San Francisco's Mission District. The Civic Kitchen is now offering both digital and in-person classes for home cooks. You can find out more at civickitchensf.com. Thanks, as always, to Jen Nurse, Chris Bonomo, and the Civic Kitchen team, to Edible San Francisco, to Celia Sack at Omnivore Books, and to Monique Lamas at Hardcover Cook. We'll be back with more stories behind the cookbooks you love. Oh,